Welcome to another exciting edition of Chiropractic United for September 13th, 2011. This podcast is brought to you by Chiropractic Biophysics Seminars. For more information about CBP technique, please browse to idealspine.com. Also brought to you by Dr. Fred DiDomenico of Elite Coaching. To see how Dr. Fred can bring your practice to new heights, visit EliteCoachingLLC.com. And finally, by PostureCo, makers of the PostureRay X-Ray EMR system known as PostureRay, as well as the Posture Screen mobile app available on the iTunes App Store. For more information, visit PostureCo.com. All right, Dr. Deed, take it away. Welcome to uh, this week's podcast for Chiropractic United. It's Tuesday, September 13th, and it is 7 p.m. Mountain Time, where I'm located, Dr. Deed Harrison. That's really the only time that matters. Uh, I'm here with my colleagues, Dr. Joe Ferrantelli from Posture Co. and CBP Seminars, as well as my colleague and co-founder of Chiropractic United, Dr. Fred DiDomenico from Elite Coaching. Our special guest this particular night is Dr. Ed Quirk from Canada and from the Warrior Coaching Group. Uh, so welcome, everybody, and specifically welcome, Dr. Ed. Thank you so much. I just feel blessed to be here. We're blessed to have you. Nice. So, Dr. Ed, you, you have prepared a, a specific topic that you would like to talk uh, to the uh, listeners out there in podcast land on iTunes or however they download this particular podcast. Uh, so can you tell us the, uh, the title of the session tonight? Absolutely. The topic is belief tonight because I really believe that uh, in order to change the world around the chiropractor, uh, we have to first change the world within the chiropractor. I think that's a, a great uh, concept and, and very well said for the title. So what we'll do uh, before we get into the, the uh, general comments on this, let's uh, just go ahead and have you, Dr. Ed, uh, go ahead and start with this. What is your uh, major theme around the topic belief tonight? Well, first of all, I'd, I wanted to just share a little bit of my story because um, I really feel that, um, you know, as we – uh, progress through school and then through practice, uh, one of the major things that changes along the line is uh, our belief systems. And uh, ultimately, um, you know, the Bible says, as a man believeth in his soul, so is he. So ultimately, you're just a sum of all your beliefs. And um, I feel like I'm on a, a full circle. You know how sometimes life has these full circles. And just being on the phone, phone with you, Deed, uh, I just feel like this is a, one of those full circles for me because. Uh, I remember back, I was, uh, this is about 1994, and I was uh, walking up to the, the clinic in that Northwestern, uh, well, it used to be Northwestern College of Chiropractic, now it's called Health Sciences University. Um, but I was, I was one of the heads of student clinic, and uh, on my way up, I picked up a, pa- a pamphlet. And I think it was just a two-page pamphlet, but it was a CBP plant pamphlet with this like really weird logo uh, with XYZ axis on it. Didn't really understand it, uh, but there was talk about like pre and post, you know, X-ray and correction and stuff. And so I went up to clinic, and afterwards I had a radiology course, and um, I, I I just brought up the topic of post, you know, pre and post correction X-rays and and correcting the spine and and what's this CBP thing and and basically, the, the radiologist there just said, well, you know, whatever they're showing on x-ray is just positional, and, you know, you guys have heard it all anyways. But, um, but that was a really first contact with CBP. And, and, you know, 
ultimately there we were taking x-rays to figure out why not to adjust the spine uh, versus um, uh, finding out why to adjust the spine and how to adjust the spine and what the, the outcome and the intent of that adjustment is. And so those are just, you know, clashing of belief systems. And um, so from there I went on and I finished up uh, my, uh, my internship at the clinic and uh, I... Uh, I, I was always attracted to principal chiropractors, not necessarily understanding what they were saying, but just they just seemed to be joyful and happy and passionate, and they seemed to be successful too. And um, so what I did is I believed at that time, you know, low back pain for sure, headaches, migraines, you know, studies are still out on that. Um, so I didn't really have, I come from a very mechanistic uh, background in terms of just, you know, bone in, bone out, adjust, and hope for the best kind of thing. And um, that was, that's what we just learned in school. And another, another moment of belief for me, uh, beliefs transition, say, is that uh, the president of the college always had these, uh, these farewell parties for the graduating class. And, and he was very well respected. He had multiple clinics. And he had, you know, uh, it was uh, Dr. Allenberg at Northwestern, and he's been around for a long time, and uh, I really looked up to him, and uh, his last words to the graduating class was um, basically, you know, remember when you go out there that the first adjustment restored hearing, and that, that really knocked me on my butt, because uh, Northwestern back then, well, probably is still, but it was like a medical, we call it the CMCC of the, of the South kind of thing, you know? And, you know, that really, really hit me hard and going like, wow, this guy is someone I respect and he believes that the first adjustment restored hearing. And um, that just set me on a whole different path. And I'm going like, you know what, I got to really look into this. And so during my externship, I forced myself to go into a, um, a high volume. Well, back then, actually, this high volume was considered 400 a week, which is, is just to see how far we've come. Um, and I, I went to a cranial lift C1 only clinic, and I just hung out there for about a year, year and a half, and it really changed the way I looked at uh, chiropractic. And and that transition from you know three times a week for three weeks, twice a week for four weeks, and once a week for you know four weeks. Um, coming out of school, that was a recommendation because I believe most insurance companies in Minnesota accepted that, and uh, so then everybody kind of ran with it. But it really started to hit me that there was something more. And then uh, at that time, too, I went to, uh, uh, you were giving a seminar with your dad in Toronto. And I don't remember the date. It was early on, though. It was probably like 96, 97. And um, um, I finished my time with that other, uh, um, actually, I should back up a little bit. Another belief moment for me was my first patient um, in a, you know official clinic uh, when I was an, uh, an exam doctor for this guy, was uh, I had this guy come in with a huge uh, Rolex on his uh, wrist and a big power suit on, and he looked real pretty, uh, pretty tough, pretty successful. And uh, so I'm there with my first exam, a little nervous and stuff. You know, it was all about me. I was, I was hoping for like uncomplicated low back pain of less than two weeks duration kind of thing. And uh, what I got was he sat me down. I went into my little spiel, and he just kind of put his hand up, and uh, he, he sat me down, and he just said, listen, bud, you just need to tell me whether you can help me because I, I came back from uh, 
the doctor and I got a bunch of happy pills and and uh, I'm in so much pain because of the constipation I go through that I get angry and I'm going through a divorce and um, either you can help me or I'm going to take these pills and if I don't take these pills I'm going to commit suicide and so that really launched me it really rocked my world because I'm going wow like lives are on the line here this is not about me this is not about me kind of trying to prove chiropractic it, you know people people are on are on the other end of this thing and it just really really hit me hard so that's that kind of led me into really starting to dig into what i believed and so from there i i, st I started practice with yuri i was gonna go out on my own and yuri heard i was gonna go out on my own and we started uh we started, you know, practice together. Actually, he had been in already for 10 years. He was probably seeing about 400 a week. And uh, so this is back in 2000, uh, sorry, 1998. And um, so I started practice at zero in 1998. And um, from there, um, within a year, I was probably at six, 700 um, a week. And we had this goal, and this is another thing I want to broach, because what I've seen in the coaching side of things, a lot of people think they need to see hundreds and hundreds of new patients, and and I think it's stressing a lot of people out, and a lot of families, just with the amount of outreach. Outreach is awesome, but um, you can't burn out doing outreach, and I think there's a lot of young chiropractors coming out that are burning out because they're just trying to build volume. Um, I, I grew, uh, well, in, in 2000, we had set this um, goal, this ridiculous goal is seeing 2,000 a week by 2,000. Uh, we've never heard of anybody doing it, didn't see anybody do it, and uh, we just set up this goal. And halfway into 2000, it was about June, we had about six CAs, and all six quit in June. And uh, and we were going like, shoot, there's no way we're going to hit 2,000. And um, what happened, we hired, uh, two, I think, two CAs, three CAs that had no experience with chiropractic. They didn't know that at the time we were probably seeing about twelve, thirteen hundred a week, maybe six, six fifty a piece, and uh, they didn't know that that was busy. And so we didn't tell them that that was busy. Um, we just said, "Hey, we want to hit two thousand by uh, December," and um, that's what we did. We actually hit two thousand and two thousand. So um, from there, Warrior Coaching launched, and our passion of Warrior Coaching is really transforming the world within the chiropractor. Uh, there's nothing wrong with chiropractic. We believe that chiropractic is perfect. It's God's, God's vehicle for healing the body above, down, inside, out, removing interference. And uh, I, we believe that where the issues lie, where the subluxations lie, are within the chiropractors for various reasons. And uh, so, long story short, I hit 2,000 a week in 2000. I've been coaching for the past 10 years. In 2004, another passion, you know, another thing that we do is we started chiropractic with compassion and. And we have now um, finished 50, we're, we started our 15th project in, uh, um, around the world. Uh, we've gone on eight mission trips and we've raised close to $1.8 million. And we actually have our first um, student from one of these projects that will be entering into chiropractic college. Um, and we're going to be funding his schooling. Um, and so we're really actually excited to start bringing chiropractic, principal chiropractic around the world. And um, and full circle, then I'm on the phone with you because we started together bringing you guys into Warrior Coaching because we want to have our doctors be at the top of their game in terms of spinal reconstruction. 
And I totally believe in, you know, being on the phone right now, especially during this time where, you know, your dad just passed and, and, you know, we've been praying for you and thinking about you and your family. And I've just been really reflecting that, you know, what your dad brought to the profession and what you're continuing to bring and what Dr. Fred and Dr. Joe are bringing is just helping people to believe more. And um, so, yeah, so this is like a full circle for me and I just really feel blessed to be here. Well, thank you. We, we appreciate that, Ed. And uh, I mean, I think w before I comment, because I, I'm going to have a lot to say on uh, what you've brought up, I, I think I'll uh, just pass this to uh, Dr. Fred and Dr. Joe for their initial comments, and, and then I'll come in after that. So uh, Dr. Uh, Fred or Dr. Joe? Well, I think, um, you know, being a graduate at LACC, you know, you find that purpose, and obviously... And you're a very spiritual guy, so, you know, you felt like that was a calling. And I'm, to see a thousand a week, I mean, there, you know, that's just who you are. And uh, just for the listeners, because most people can't even conceive of that number or even how to attract that many people, let alone keep them. So what drove you? I mean, what do you, can you explain to the listeners of, like what you feel inside that's that burning passion that makes you never stop and want to change the world. And for those people that are mechanists, how do they get out of their head and into their heart like that? Well, one of the things that the Bible says is, you know, keep focus on God and I'll give you the desires of your heart. And, um, you know, ultimately, I really believe that, um, you know, there's a triune within us, right? There's the, there's, there's the body, uh, there's a soul and there's a spirit. And um, for, you know, for some people get kind of get flipped a little bit when I talk about spirit. This is like a small s spirit. It's not Holy Spirit. But the small s spirit, just a, another way of thinking about it is your heart and or your heart of hearts. And, you know, for me, I just believe that, you know, God's got a calling on all of us. Um, I believe the, the essence of chiropractors going into chiropractic initially uh, was... Um, just wanting to help people. And, you know, a lot of people think that you need to have this huge chiropractic legacy um, going into chiropractic. Um, if I was, I, I, the first time I got adjusted was in chiropractic college. I had no experience with chiropractic at all. Um, if you want to hear a funny story how God works in mysterious ways, I, uh, I was in uh, biology at Ottawa University and um, took the newspaper into the washroom, do a little reading, and there was this advertising for chiropractic. Uh, it was Northwestern University, oh, Health Sciences University now, uh, just advertising. And I was, I was planning on taking my MCATs a year later, and um, I just decided to go into, uh, just check out what chiropractic was. It sounded, I knew it was something to do with the spine. And so I went to hang out with the chiropractor for a week and I thought it was pretty amazing, just the stories and the miracles, not understanding how or what or what he was doing to them on the table. Um, but I just fell in love with the miracles. And, and I think, you know, I grew, like we grew to 2,000 a week. We were averaging probably 20 to 25 new patients um, a month with that. So you don't have to do super high volume with new patients. But what we're really good at is we love seeing people get well. And we truly believe that that is what's supposed to be attractive to patients is that is just getting people well. 
and 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 seeing the signs, miracles, and wonders, and those signs, miracles, and wonders will actually um, grow your practice. And you know, ultimately, what the Bible says: signs, miracles, and wonders will follow those who believe. And and so, I didn't have a legacy. Like, I didn't come from. I just wanted to help people. That's it. So, and and we believe. Like, a lot of people think like a thousand a week is is huge and it's really not if you were to actually come into our practice it's 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 easy flowing i mean there's a lot of people but it's easy flowing and the reason why we don't need a lot of new patients is because we have high retention and we have high retention because of the process of spinal reconstruction um i don't i've never ever done any plans less than uh, 12 months, um, and so we do lifetime chiropractic 12 months at a time, initially for spinal reconstruction up to correction or up to maximum correction, and then we just go into retention, retainer adjustments or wellness adjustments, and, you know, but the, the key is keeping the, the vision in front of the patients, why they're there. Uh, we believe that, or, uh, you know, I believe that God's put a vision in, in, in your brain that is um, responsible for guiding the body um, to health and to healing and restoration and renewal. And I believe what we do essentially is, you know, that, and that vision is perfect. You know, that, that, that vision that's in that brain, and, and we can try to dissect the brain, but we will never understand how just how amazing the, the, you know, the creation is, right? We're, you know, the Bible says that we're the apple of his eye, you know. When he created us in Genesis, it says that he was well-pleased, not just pleased, he was well-pleased. And so that vision that he, he put in us uh, gets interfered with. Um, and I believe chiropractors, all we have to do is adjust the spine, removes, uh, you know, subluxation, and that vision is restored to the body because that, that, that body, the organ systems, the muscles, you name it, is connected to the brain and that vision, you know. And, and so, you know, adjust the spine and, and, and uh, allow that vision to flow from above down inside out. And uh, the biggest thing with, um, I think the hardest thing that chiropractors bump into is that they don't realize they have to adjust the, the minds first. And that comes down to, you know, the verse that says in 3, you know, 3 John 1, 2, I pray that you prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. So to, the key, according to the Bible, to prosper in every single area of your life, whether it's your relationships, whether it's your, you know, your, your wife, your husband, your, your kids, uh, your patients, um, and also to be in health lies in the soul. And, you, you know, within the soul, you have your mind and your emotions and your will. I believe that a person that can't, can't believe that they can get better won't get better. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just because it's, it, it, you know, the, the, the body is in submission to that soul. That's, that, that body is in submission to that mind. So the key is to be able to deliver an adjustment to the mind, to the soul, and then, you know, correct the spine to the best of your ability. And I believe just that reconstruction is, you know, with CBP and, and the protocols. And I know there's a lot, you know, other techniques out there. And, and I'm not a CBP black belt either. I'm just, a, I got the Ed Quirk technique based on some sound principles I've learned along, along the way, you know. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah, that, that that's absolutely it. That's kind of the way we all practice in the end. So, uh, Dr. Joe Ferentelli? I, I mean, I just think it's amazing what you guys did and just being a part of your seminars coming up with uh, Dr. Deed and just seeing, you know, the passion out of your doctors. And it, it's really refreshing because, you know, um, uh, you know, anybody that goes to other seminars, like especially big conventions that are not necessarily – uh, we have a mixture of all different types of chiropractors. It's nice to get back to doctors that have the same passion and same beliefs of what true chiropractic is. And uh, it's, it's just amazing what you've done and how many people that you're, you're helping through your, through your, uh, uh, the warrior coaching. And just knowing your, your, what, how you got into this, it's, I, I'm finding too, the more we do these podcasts, Deed, and, and knowing Fred, some of the most passionate doctors for chiropractic are ones that have actually even come from schools like, you know, Fred, you graduated from LACC, whatever it's called now, you know, and, and Deed's father went, you know, went to a, a mixer school and a lot of these most passionate chiropractors come from places that we wouldn't even think, you know, and I guess it makes you open your eyes to what real chiropractic is. And it's pretty amazing. We took it for granted when we're at life. I, you know, I think that everybody thought that same way, but you know, it's reality. It's, you know, only some of us got the same, that, that philosophy education. I, I, I think it's because there's such a thirst that's created and, and, and I don't know, you know, who appreciate, who, who appreciates water the most, you know, somebody that has it in abundance or some of us is that, that don't have it at all. And you know, we, you see that, you know, uh, in the projects that we do around the world is that when we put in a water filtration plant in, uh, you know, in, in Dominican or in, in, in Nairobi, what ends up happening is that they're just totally appreciative of something that we take it for granted every yeah. single day, Yeah, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's true. You know, for me, you've, you've brought up a lot, Dr. Ed. You know, one thing is that I want to say is, it is challenging, I'll tell you, to come from a, a person that got into chiropractic not on my own accord per se. I mean, it was certainly my choice, but coming from a family and specifically my father with the legacy and the history that he he had, it, it is very difficult to to take on that role and route because of the expectations. So and. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a key right there, right? That's one of our, our key factors in the coaching too. Is that we understand that young boys grow up and they just want to be like dad, right? Yeah. They don't. They might not want. They might not know why they want to be like, like dad. You know, they just want to be like dad. It's just. It's normal, and I believe it's actually uh, godly. Um, it's just that some dads are not great dads, you know. And and many of us, you know, the work that we do with the, with the chiropractors is that. Many of the chiropractors are just so stuck in their wounds of the past because they're real root wounds, right? You know, uh, you know, if a if a child you know experiences experiences like affirming love growing up, then they if it's all conditional. Well, what ends up happening is that that creates a, a person that's going to seek you know, approval or that that person's going to seek, you know, or seek perfectionism, which doesn't exist. You know, it's, it's all about excellence. It's not about being perfect, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, I think, I think a lot of us growing up, you know, I, I've met so many, uh, second, second, third generation chiropractors that just can't make it, but they can't make it because they don't, 
they don't follow, you know, God's vision is for their life, you know. He says, you know, my yoke is easy, you know, and, and but you try to live up to some sort of outward expectation. And and so, and, you know, no dad is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. no mom is perfect. Yeah. I think. And, you know, and so some of us are messed up because, you know, of our parents, you know. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that they were bad parents either. Oh, no. It's just, you know, it's generational stuff that gets, you know, passed along. Yeah, in, in the end, my dad worked my ass off, and it turned out to be a good thing. But I can tell you, it wasn't. It didn't become my idea to be a chiropractor until I actually got in practice and realized that I did indeed have a passion and a love for it. You know. Yeah. But sure. The uh, the second thing I want to say, and this is just a quick comment, when you brought up the logo that you saw in, <laughs> in 1994, that was the old CBP logo, and it looked like skull and crossbones. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, when I, I figured out I needed to change it, and I brought it to my dad's attention in about 2005 or yeah. 2004, and of course he would have nothing of it, but oh, the reason... Yeah. The reason I wanted to change it was because my uh, late friend, Dr. Tony Keller, a Ph.D. in mechanical engineering, as soon as he said he loved that logo because yeah. it, it reminded him of death, <laughs> I, I I knew that we we had a problem on our hands. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Tony was kind of a funny guy. Yeah. So that's fun that you brought that up. But then the, the, the third thing is, is this student that you guys – are sponsoring and basically given a scholarship to. I mean, that's very admirable and commendable. But can I ask what school he's going to go to? Um, at this point, I can't uh, release that information. Yeah. But I, I probably will be able to release that information in about uh, eight weeks. So talk to me at leadership. <laughs> okay. And the reason I bring that up is because in the last issue of the AJCC that uh, we sent out in – Late July, August, there was an interesting front page article about what the chiropractic colleges in North America are doing. And approximately, well, three out of 17 of the colleges have removed subluxation from all of their curricula online in descriptions and, and in course content. And so, you know, we, we have to. It's not that these are bad schools. I mean, that's that's not the point of this. The point of this is I think we need to, as a profession of passionate chiropractors that believe in certain things within the chiropractic profession, that we must support the schools that also support that role and, and Absolutely. our core beliefs and values. So I hope that, that we're sending him to, and I say we as in the warrior coaching group, to a, a school of, of like mind and thought. Put it this way, I'm, we're, we're going to be sending him to a school where I would send my sons right now. Okay. And uh, so, and you know what? This is a deal is that, you know, so many of us, like, you know, back, way back when, you know, I would have probably butted heads with, uh, you know, you know, that sounds good. Remove subluxation. Nobody really can define it anyways, right? And, uh, but you know what? Luckily, you know, um, there was a plan, you know, and I, I think what happens is that if you like one of the things that really got me is you, when you started seeing some of the pre and post x-ray, but really got me was when I, when I saw, started seeing some dissections, you know, and there was the Atlas of Human Subluxation, I believe it's called. And, and just really seeing like, wow, if the spine looks like that on the outside of the x-ray, this is what it looks like on the inside. And if I can actually, you know, 
reshape this thing and take pressure off this thing? Like, wow, I'm excited about being a chiropractor. And, and you know, I was, I was, <laughs> what happened was after, after graduating from Northwestern, I, I started a, um, it's a fellowship with the sports sciences uh, college in, in Canada, sports, um, sports specialty and I thought I wanted to just do top end athletes and that was a three year program and so I was very kind of mechanistic and going into it and and just you know within before I could actually take my final exam so I spent like two and a half years but by the second year I was seeing three, you know a thousand a week and I didn't have time to and started coaching didn't have time to finish up so I just did three years of classes and never you know got the official uh, I think they're called the Royal Canadian College now too they got royal status but um, but with that is that, you know, you, we just got to get it in front of people. We, we you know, we got to get students and once they see it, what ends up happening is we need to tell them that, you know, they can do it too. And we need to show them. And, and, and some of the young kids coming out, I'm going like, listen, this is, I'll tell you how to start correcting spines. You buy yourself an x-ray machine and start taking post x-rays at six months. And that's going to get you so focused on, you know, on, you know, and then how do you start adjusting? Well, you know, if the head's anterior, bring it back. If there's a reversal of C5, C6, push forward on C5, C6, you know, get a dinner roll, get some ECT, get some blocks and just start mirror imaging everybody and you, and start post X-raying. I think one of the, I think even regardless of getting into, uh, you know, the, the technical aspect of spinal correction in terms of the blocking and the specific adjustments, I believe it's, if chiropractors just use their, they're, 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 whatever they're using now and just post x-ray, they would see amazing changes on x-ray. Like I saw, re, you know, reversals coming back just with cranial lifting. And, and it's just like, wow, you release C1, wow, something happens, man. And, and I think it's just don't, we, we can't give up on the students. And I, I think also is that we can't judge where people are coming from because ultimately my whole belief system, I tossed that initial pamphlet out because I didn't have a belief system. I was believing somebody else's belief system, which I can't judge either because he just, he just believes, he just believes what he's experienced. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, and so many of us have, we just base our whole belief system on the belief system that's either been handed down to us or we believe, you know, it's just like a lot of times when they, 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 they hear like, you know, Ed's on the phone and he's all, oh, yeah, I heard he's Christian, blah, blah, blah. It's just like, I, I totally understand that, you know, sometimes like people get thrown off and not sure. And, and some of us believe in God because our parents believed in God. And some of us don't believe in God because our parents believed in God, you know, or is, or is somebody actually... Um, you know, somebody that was considered, you know, considered them as Christian did something to them that was just ungodly. And, and so many of us base our belief system on, you know, what other people believe. And I just ask everybody out there just to start really evaluating um, who, what you believe and why you believe it, because that is, you are the sum of your beliefs. And if you don't work on your belief systems, you're not changing bottom line that's that's according to the principle of the bible you know and so i would just you know we have a warrior club at, at life university right now and you know i i uh we did a, a student night last time we were there we actually we committed to three times uh, i think we got four seminars in atlanta next year i'm not sure look at uh deeds uh journal it's we got some advertising coming out this week um or this month and um all i did all i did for student night Pre and post X-ray with the miracles. Yeah. 
you know, this person, uh, you know, that's what I do with the Warriors. I mean, just, I don't know, did you meet Jody Deed at the last seminar at Leadership? I, you know what? I don't remember. Usually I remember. Okay. Oh, uh, you'd, you'd remember the, you'd remember Jody. So what happened was, you know, four years ago, I I brought in her initial X-ray. So long story short, car accident, paralyzed from the neck down, feeding tube, hydra- you know, hydration tube, couldn't talk, couldn't walk, um, and and so I took a, an X-ray uh, to the one of the leaderships, and I said, this is a picture of Jody in a wheelchair, and this is her neck, and I'm going to have her walk on stage in 12 months. And, like, people were, like, not believing, you know. They're going, like, whatever. I mean, some people probably believe, but. And then I showed up next the year after, and, you know, with a few stories, she started eating on her own. She, you know, the tubes are gone, and she started walking. And I threw up the post-X-ray, and it's probably about 25% better. Like, I mean, on her first X-ray, she couldn't even hold up her neck. Like, she was just paralyzed. So I had her mom holding up her neck. Second X-ray, she was holding up her neck on her own. And and just uh, so the reason why I bring Jody there, so now she's coming into her fifth time. Last year she started speaking on stage for the first time, because the vocal cords coming back, you know. And the reason why I bring her every year is because she, first of all, that's what retention is. Retention is because she's getting better, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. There, there's a miracle that un- is unfolding over the past four or five years, but still the doctors need to see it. I need to see it every day. You guys need to see it every day. You know, it's not a, a lot of times we kind of fall into the defending about, of chiropractic. We don't have to defend chiropractic. We just got to be all about the people. You know, the battle doesn't have to be against the drug companies, you know. Actually, if you look in Revelation, in the book, in the last book of the Bible, in Revelation, it says that, you know, the ultimately the 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 business of and uh, the business leaders of the world have deceived the world with their pharmacia so the battle can't be against drugs okay the battle has to be for people we're fighting for people's lives yeah yeah and, you and know, if, right now the to do that it's actually the inverse, you know, we're looking in at ourselves. The battle is actually within the chiropractic profession so that we can still remain legally and, you know, and identity-wise to have the ability to, to practice the way the clinician chooses. And so it, it is not against the, the medical profession out there. Absolutely. And, you know, what we need to do is just, you know, enter into relationship with those, those guys that are, you know, coming into school, just coming out of school, just care for them, mm-hmm. you know, understand where they're coming from. So many times, you know, almost there's a lot of principal chiropractors that kind of get really kind of high on their horse and, and they forget where they've come from and, you know, to whom much is given, much is expected, you know, and I, I think we just need to reach out to the mechanists out there. I mean, who the mechanists, once they start to see what can be achieved, they're the ones that will fall in love with this thing, right? Because right. it's very, very, you know, but up to this point, I really believe that we've had a reverse where, you know, we, we, we say, well, I'll believe this once it's proven, and, you know, we can't let, let science dictate principle, you know. It's principle, science always follows principles. So, you know what, just with me full circle is that I'm doing stuff that I could never even have possibly imagined. And not just imagine that some, I, I'm doing stuff now that I didn't believe, you know, just whatever, 95. And, and, and it's just step by step. But it's really working on, you know, the core, you know, your soul, your belief system, your mind, your emotions, and your will. 
you know, of the past, now, and going forward, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you I mean, you've definitely summarized the, the core concepts and topics of, of belief in, in this particular podcast and have absolutely come full circle with it. Uh, what I'd like to do, Dr. Ed, is uh, just ask Dr. Fred for uh, some comments or any questions based on what you brought forth. Well, this is probably the podcast that I've spoken the least. I'm just listening because you're really covering it all. And, uh, you know, I've said this before. Well, number one, when we talk to uh, Yuri, your partner, you know, it's just, first of all, accolades to you guys because not only are you passionate, had a big practice, helped and served lots of people, and now obviously your vision and your purpose expands by helping and serving other doctors. And most importantly, what Chiropractic United is about is uniting subluxation-based chiropractors. And I know with Joe and Deed and I, our purpose is really to help more doctors practice the true application of chiropractic principle, and that is correcting subluxation. So first of all, my hat goes off to you. Second of all, you know, that is a, there's a lot of things going on with, uh, you know, chiropractors trying to launch this campaign against the CCE now. And, you know, medicine has already accepted chiropractic. You know, when you look at a lot of Deed's research and things, a lot of these are studies from medical doctors and medical organizations. You know, medicine believes in chiropractic and what they've done, they couldn't beat us in court. So now they're getting into the pockets of the weak. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's what we really need to do. <laughs> we got We have to eat our young, not the students, or eat the weak because those guys are trying to create toxicity from the inside out. And so, you know, you have all these philosophical groups now, New Beginnings, and, uh, you know, these guys are starting the IFCO now and, and uh, 33 DCs and all these things, organizations that are getting into the schools with uh, Bill DeMoss and all these other guys that we're in the process of interviewing that uh, are getting to the hearts of the students and to the hearts of the doctors. And, um, you know, our intention is to ride along with these people and then say, okay, you got the principle. Now let's fix the spine, man. Let's go to the next level and let's go all the way with this and don't be lazy. And I'm always the one (laughs) out of the three of us that's always bitching at everybody. Do your freaking homework. Yeah. And you know what? Raise your intention. And thank God you got the principle in your heart. Now fix them for life and teach the population that it's not just the adjustment is miraculous, but let's go to the next step. Let's fix curves and teach the general public that that's what chiropractic is. And just an adjustment creates such miraculous change, man. Imagine what they could see, the miracles that we've seen by actually getting curve correction is a whole nother level of miracles. Yep. So Absolutely. That's what I have to say. Yeah, I, I think I, I was going to say, I, I think a part of the problem is with a lot of these docs, uh, Fred, that you bring up that are, you know, still wanting to just follow the, the allopaths is that I think if they spent a day and actually have seen some miracles happen firsthand, they would understand the true uh, philosophy is it's proven. Science has proven the philosophy of chiropractic. You just have to do the right things for the patient. And things happen that you can't explain sometimes, and we've all in our practices, I know I've only been in practice since 99, but I've seen miracles happen that 
you know, just as from a research standpoint, I'm like, wow, you know, this, this is philosophy is proven that this is chiropractic. And I think some of these people, I think they just gave up and they didn't see the miracles and they think that it's hogwash. But anybody who's been in practice for a long enough period of time, we all see these things. We just have to be aware of them and know that we're changing people's lives. Well, I just want to say one more thing on that. Sorry, whoever wanted to cut in. But, you know, I remember an adjustment, man. I remember babies, and, and, you know, that 10 months old, couldn't totally lethargic, couldn't pick up their head, blind, one adjustment. They're tracking your fingers, you know, 15 minutes later. And, you know, the, the adjustment alone is so miraculous. And then I remember having patients that were adjusted by chiropractors, that still had these nagging organ problems, that, yeah, certain things would get better, but because there wasn't curve correction, they had these nagging organ problems. They were still on some drugs, you know? And then those are the chronic people that traditional chiropractic can't make that change until they fix that curve. And then these people come in and you see curve changes, and then, oh, my God, their healing goes to a whole new level. And I'm actually going to write a book, Awaken the Healer Within, and, and we're healers. We're not just mechanists. You know, you lay hands on people. You're a mechanist maybe when it comes to traction and x-ray evaluation, but really it's a spirit-to-spirit connection, and that relationship is what matters the most. And when you lay your hands on people, man, there's an energy exchange. It's a spirit-to-spirit connection that's uh, connecting each other to the whole universe, and that, to me, that's what an adjustment yep. is. Absolutely. Yeah, so this deed here again. You know, for me, I I knew that I believed in chiropractic simply from what I witnessed as a young child. I I, uh, I wasn't there when he woke up, uh, his first coma case, my father, that is. But I actually walked in his office when he woke up his second coma case, and it, this was an older woman in her uh and boy, I just put my foot in the mouth, my mouth if there's any older females out there. This was a young female that was uh, uh, 45 to 50 years old. Uh, and to me, at the age of 12, of course, she was a little bit older than me. So now that I've recovered from that, <laughs> the, <laughs> you know, I walked into his office at the age of 12 to just get money to go play some golf and to go to 7-Eleven. And I see this this woman wake up out of a coma, having no idea where she is. She's wearing a nightgown, uh, you know. She has no clue, no concept, and you know she sees a, a bunch of foreign people looking at her and clapping because my dad's whole practice, all the patients stayed because he had said, "Yeah, I just adjusted that woman in a coma. She's there laying on the bench. She'll wake up in about 30 minutes." And so luckily for him, she, she woke up, it wasn't 30 minutes, but at least she woke up and, you know, the whole room's applied. And so I walked in on things like that. So I, I believed in chiropractic, but until it happens to you, that belief does not become truth and reality. So to me, the, the topic of belief, it, it actually comes full circle when it becomes truth and your reality when, when it's not just your belief anymore, you've seen it occur so many times right in front of you, and there's no other way to explain it, that belief is now true. It becomes the truth, the reality of, of how things work for you in this certain situation, in this aspect. So, uh, 
Yeah, and that's and and I, I believe that God has a plan to help us believe more, and it's step by step. Because so many people out there are saying, like, how do you bridge the gap between where I am and and you know coming out of a coma? And uh, you know, I had a conversation. We, we we just came out of a boot camp in Calgary, or actually Edmonton, and one of the uh, one of the doctors comes up to me and says, "Well, Ed, like how." Like, it's not life and death for me yet. And I said, that's okay, you know. Um, it wasn't for me before. And and I just walked her through. I said, okay, you know, you know, you got a phase four coming in and, and a phase four at L5, and they're losing their legs. So um, is that serious? And she goes, yeah. And I said, well, you know, well, what? why is the legs being lost, you know, big picture kind of thing? Well, because the legs are getting disconnected from the brain. I said, yeah, bottom line. And I said, is it serious? And they say, yeah. And she said, yeah. And I said, okay, well, what, how do you get to a phase four? And then, then she went, um, it, you know, well, you got to go through phase three. And I said, well, is a phase three serious then? Because a phase three leads, leads to a phase four. And she goes, well, yeah, absolutely. And then I said, well, how do you get through a phase three? And, uh, well, phase two and so on and so forth and phase one. So is really a phase one any more or less serious than a phase four? And, and to me, they're, they're just the same. You know, it's, it's the body getting disconnected from the vision the brain has for it, you know. And I, I believe it actually gets disconnected from the, you know, the vision that, you know, God has for the body because, you know, <laughs> he's the one that created it. And so I just helped her step by step. And that's exactly what I did with my own head, you know. Yeah, phase threes and phase fours are serious. But, you know, phase ones are serious because they lead there. And, and so it's just like a step-by-step process. And, and, you know, the biggest thing is, you know, you shared about the miracles, Deed, is that you got to share those miracles, man. It's those miracles that will draw people in. It was is those miracles. I've got a I've got this doctor that sends you know has sent me patients over uh, the, the specialist. He, the, he's at a, a mental hospital um, in a psych ward, and he says, "I don't know what you're doing, but I'm sending people there just because they seem, seem to do be- better when they see you," kind of thing. And uh, and lately, what's some really cool, and it's nice to see the little glimpses of hope, but. Uh, our one of our partner, well, our partner. There's three of us at the clinic, and our partner, um, uh, one of his patients that he hadn't seen for years, um, just found out he was bedridden for 42 days because of back pain and leg pain. He's in the hospital on, you know, morphine derivatives and the whole bit, and he can't walk. And, and so, he get, so my partner, get, Ian, gets a call one day from a, from a specialist at the hospital, an orthopod, and he said, "Listen, all I hear is I got to get you in here." And I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know how it works, but, you know, why don't you come in and see what you can do? So he went in, and he could hardly move the guy. The guy's in so much pain, so he did a little a little proprioceptive stuff, and, and the guy next day felt better. And then the, the, the doctor said, called him back, said, well, he's doing better today. Do you think he could do more? And, like, you know, Ian's going, like, absolutely. And so, okay, this is the deal. I want you to come in. I've uh, got you some hospital privileges. We're going to actually do an adjustment under anesthetic. And, you know, we, I had heard about that, you know, in the States a while back. I'm not sure if it's still popular. But, you know, Ian has no – and we didn't have a – like, he didn't have a choice, right? He's going in, and it's, that's their call, you know. And, uh, you know, he's just saying, you know, I don't know about the anesthesia, but I know how to adjust. So – the guy who had been bedridden for 42 days, well, now 43 days, um, just feeling a little bit better in terms of pain level, um, one adjustment, lower back, upper neck, under anesthesia, uh, and the guy's walking the next day. 
And so now, um, you know, Dr. Ian's got extended health, uh, extended health privileges, extended hospital yeah. privileges there. And step by step, man, it's the miracles that will draw them in. Yeah. Well, that, so that's exactly true. You know, the thing with a couple things before uh, we unfortunately have to wrap up and, and do the research, just a couple quick comments is, you know, the, the life and death issues, they're so close that people don't realize just because you haven't had a, a patient that's literally, you know, got 10 days to, to live or whatever that is. It doesn't mean that you don't have a life and death case. I mean, life and death are so closely connected and so related. Life is such a fragile thing that at any moment it can be taken from you, as we all know. And so what one person sees it as a death scenario or giving up hope, another person may minimize that. And unfortunately, oftentimes it may be the doctor that's minimizing that. And like you're bringing up the person with back pain and leg pain so severe that he can't walk, that that is literally maybe the difference between life and death for that person. That person doesn't want Absolutely. to stay, stay bedridden. So, I mean, Absolutely. yeah, that's the thing. We need to treat every individual, number one, as an individual, but number two, as if it is a life versus death scenario case. Because in the end, it may be, they may just not know it, they may not share it with you, but if you treat it like that, the chances are that you're going to give that person the type of care and compassion that they deserve and need as a human being. Mm-hmm. It's a whole other, it's a whole other um, game, um, and it's not really a game, but you guys know what I mean, is yeah. that you know, there's a verse in the Bible that says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And there are many people out there that can't see anything changing with their health and they're in so much pain and they don't have hope for tomorrow, so therefore they have a sick heart. So they're going to take a bunch of pills today, mind-altering, soul-altering pills that have a side effect if used for over 10 years that may actually increase your likelihood of committing suicide. Um, and that's just, those are studies that are coming out now. And we already knew that was going to take place and, and that those pills go in because hope has been deferred. And if you can just, you know, bottom line, guys, um, and I mean, not you guys, I know you guys get this, but, you know, the only way they're going to start believing that you can actually help them um, is that if you believe that you can actually help them. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know? And, and in that is be at the top of your game in terms of your belief, you know, be at the top of the game physically, you know, your mind, your emotions, be at the top of the game with your loving relationships, be at the top of the game in every single area of your life, including spinal reconstruction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely true, uh, Dr. Ed. So what I would like to do now, we always run out of time on these podcasts. Sometimes we wish we had two hours, but our listeners would probably shut off, uh, is uh, open it up to uh, Dr. Fred and Dr. Joe for some closing remarks. I think he, we covered it all, actually. Yeah, I'd like to kind of recap on a couple things. Um, you know, it's very uh, not only poignant, but uh, so powerful, Deed, that when you talk about life and death and what a fine line that is in a physical body and how subluxation, anytime the brain is disconnected from the spine. It doesn't matter at what level the body is dying at some extent. You know, at some percentage, even though it may be minimal. And the phase of degeneration chart in the report of findings is good, but that's also progression. And progression 
And when you use that in a report as in five years, in 10 years, is the worst thing you can say to a patient because what you just told them was you have five years to think about it. When in reality, life and death of the physical body is such a fine line that the words in that report should be right now, as you stand here, and your brain is disconnected from the body. You know, at what point and at what percentage are there cells to have a shortened lifespan? And the worst tragedy would be to actually live with a subluxated spine instead of dying, slowly dying every day. You know, to me, it's like, what's, what's that doctor's impression of a subluxated spine? It's more of a tragedy to have someone die every day, slowly, torturously, in a life, in a body where they're trapped in a physically weak body. To me, that's hell. You know, that's hell on earth, is being a spirit trapped in a physically weak body. So I would encourage chiropractors to put your self-esteem aside, leave it at the front door, and be convicted to your purpose because each life in front of you counts. You know, every individual counts. So do your homework. Learn how to communicate, fix their spine, and get them out of that torturous, hopeless mindset and heartfelt feeling yeah very very nice so for the listeners out there again this has uh, been uh, the chiropractic united podcast and our special guest dr ed from warrior coaching up in canada he's been uh, talking to us about the general topic about belief but as you can see it's very involved uh it's much deeper than just the word you might imagine uh Dr. Ed and Dr. Yuri do conferences, and, and I myself, uh, through CBP and Dr. Joe Ferrantelli, we, we go and we do trainings for the warrior coaching uh, doctors up there, and we do this twice a year. There's an upcoming uh, conference in Toronto in November, and I believe the date, uh, Dr. Ed, let me uh, pull it up here real quick so I don't get it. I should, I, I should know this, but... Yeah, it's uh, November 11th. Friday and November 12th, Saturday, and do you do anything on Sunday? Uh, no, because uh, for the for the families, we want we want the doctors to be home with their families. Yeah. And, uh, uh, but this is a really special because on Friday we have obviously I think is it 12 hours or 13 hours of CBP, dude? Well, it's a 12 hour day, but it's uh, 11 hours of actual CE credits. Okay. So that's on Friday, and I, I, when the doctors are in there on Friday, we also have a wives program. So my wife and uh, Dr. Yuri's wife, Marie, my wife, Holly, will be leading uh, uh, warrior uh, spouses, um, warrior wives. And we have a CA program that runs, and we have an advanced CA program that runs. And for the first time, um, we actually have something really special, and we're starting warrior kids. So the wow. the the, uh, the kids are going to have their own coaching program. Uh, I'm going to lead the eight to twelve year olds, and we have a, a, a an amazing high school teacher that's going to lead the uh, thirteen to seventeen year olds, and we're really excited about that. And uh, because uh, no matter whether the kids become chiropractors or not, um, and we believe that uh, uh, God has a plan for them, whether they're chiropractors or not. And, uh, but they're going to be world changers. And so um, we're really excited about that. And um, just um, in final thought there, Deed, I just wanted to really uh, just thank you. And I just wanted to thank your dad um, because ultimately um, 
you guys were part of helping me uh, change my belief and, and therefore changing me. And uh, I really want you to know that I really believe that he's up in heaven right now, just smiling and, and just, you know, if he could, if you could hear the words right now, just like, you know what, I'm proud of you, son. And uh, God has a special plan for you in the future and, and just realize that you're really saving lives, Dean. I just want to let you know that. Ed, I really appreciate that. Uh, it means a lot to me right now. Um, a, a lot of people know that uh, I, I'm a little bit of a private person, but I also open it up whenever it comes up. But I've, I've had my, my struggles in the last two months since his passing, for sure. And it's, it's nice, it's comforting to know that there's such a support group out there of doctors that uh, love my father and also love myself and my family. And it, it's just, that's, that's the comfort and the solace is in the fact that, you know, he's touched so many lives and shared his gift and belief system with the profession at large and his vision and purpose and passion will continue through uh, chiropractors like yourself uh, like myself, like, uh, you know, Dr. Joe and, and uh, Dr. Fred as well, uh, Ed, and, and we see it in all the warrior doctors now too. So uh, th that's extremely comforting uh, for me. So I appreciate that. Uh, you know, just really quickly, if I can get you to uh, give the listeners your website uh, and or your email, uh, because I'm sure some of the listeners would find value in contacting you or looking up the website and perhaps uh, attending the Toronto conference. Yeah, the uh, this is going to sound funny, but uh, yeah, it's either warriorcoaching.org or warriorcoaching.ca. But if you cool, just Google warrior coaching and it'll, it'll come up. And uh, uh, the, the numbers, uh, the phone number for the for warrior office is one eight six six full out f u l l o u t. Okay, great. Uh, thank you very much. Um, we appreciate that. I, I think we've had an amazing time tonight. I know I have myself. Um, Dr. Joe and, and Dr. Fred, I, I, I'm certain you would agree with that. Absolutely. Yes, that's awesome. Thank you. It, Thank thanks you for having me, guys. No problem. What we do is we close with the uh, research article of, of the week, and that's my job. And, you know, it's nice that this kind of goes in with the belief uh, theme for, for this particular podcast. With, with CBP, the, the CBP miracles, what we wanted to do was we wanted to find the science behind the miracles. Uh, and I know my dad would have said the same thing. How can we make these miracles predictable in patient outcomes? Is there a scientific manner and ideas and theories behind how we can improve patient outcomes and, and we know sometimes you can't. We know that, as you've brought forth, sometimes it is a spiritual connection, and sometimes it has more to do with the belief of, the, number one, the patient, and number two, the doctor. But other times, there is a scientific explanation for why this person's body is disconnected. And th that's where the CBP research comes in. That's where we tried to publish our findings in these cases to see can we make it predictable? This particular article that I'm going to share this week is not on chiropractic per se, but it is. it has relevance for chiropractic and corrective care doctors, and generally that's the theme that I try to, to pick here. My other thing is I also like to stump Dr. Joe Parentelli because he, he prides himself in knowing 
sometimes almost as much as I do. No, I wouldn't go that far. I I know a little bit, but that's I can't live up to you, dude. And I I I should say when it comes to the spine, because when it comes to other things, Joe knows way more than me. I'm an expert in one area, uh, and that has to do with the spine. So this one comes out of the Journal Spine, 2010, December 1st, uh, Volume 35, Number 25. And uh, I hope the audience didn't just hear my child crying in the background. Uh, but that that keeps it real. We're here at home doing this. But it's pages uh, 2,224 through 2,231. The title of the article is Adult Spinal Deformity, uh, Post-Operative Standing Imbalance. How much can a person tolerate? An overview of key parameters in assessing alignment and planning for corrective surgery. Now, although this is a surgical article, it's really a biomechanical correlation between radiographic and postural alignment variables and pain and disability and surgical outcomes. So really, the point is to look at global and segmental alignment variables in the sagittal plane to, to see if there's a, a correlation between outcomes after surgery. So they, they, go, they go in this article, and their methods are really more of a review article. So it's not really, uh, it's not really a, a prospective clinical trial. It's more of a review of existing data, and here's what they say. Correlation between certain radiographic parameters and patient-reported pain and disability has been established. It already exists. Using normative values for several spinal and pelvic parameters, the spinal-pelvic radiographic realignment objectives of surgery were identified as a tool for clinical outcomes and application. There's a complex relationship between the spine and the pelvis in maintaining posture, and there exists a range of normal values for these associated parameters. A focus on global alignment with proportionality of individual parameters should be pursued to provide clinical relevance to planning realignment for deformity across a range of clinical cases. So what these authors have done is they presented a literature review and discuss surgical outcomes relevant to a finding called pelvic morphology. And this may be an abstract term for some of the listeners out there, but that's okay. The first part of understanding is to be exposed to something that you don't know, so it creates a disconnect. The second part is to find out what that term and what that disconnect is. So pelvic morphology has to do with a specific anatomical variable between the sacrum and the pelvis. This variable is specific to the individual, and once the adult is done growing, so once we're past our adolescence, this pelvic morphology is set. It's the way it's going to be for the rest of our adult life. Well, this pelvic morphology can can determine sagittal balance. It determines the lordosis of the lumbar spine. It determines the pelvic tilt. It determines translations forward and backwards. It determines thoracic kyphosis. And to a very, very small extent, it determines forward head translation. Okay? So what they've identified is there's a good clinical outcome if we achieve proper spine and pelvic alignment when we treat 
adult spinal pelvic deformity. If they match the person's sagittal variables to their pelvic morphology, then outcomes are improved. So these surgeons conclude by saying, when planning realignment surgery for adults with spinal deformity, we must restore sagittal alignment and pelvic tilt as these are critical goals and should be combined with proportional lumbar lordosis relative to the pelvic morphology. Now, this should hit home to chiropractors out there, specifically the corrective care chiropractors. This is what CBP doctors have been trying to do for decades. We've been trying to correct the alignment of the spine to improve outcomes. Surgeons are now doing it with surgical uh, techniques, methodologies, with uh, you know rods, hardware, etc. Well, chiropractors, we have the opportunity to do it with conservative treatment intervention methodology. You must learn, though, the scientific variables that are discussed in this paper. If you want to be able to, to optimize a, a subject's individual alignment, you have to know what to optimize it to and how to do that. And that, that's not necessarily covered in this particular paper, but the good news is CBP techniques, some of the advanced uh, trainings that we do and some of the advanced studies that we've done in the last five years, we've been looking at optimizing the sagittal plane curves to the subject's individual pelvic morphology. And that's quite a unique concept in chiropractic today. Uh, so I thought I'd share that particular article uh, to the doctors out there and uh, to the podcast listeners and to try to stimulate some interest in pelvic morphology and corrective care. The surgeons are doing it. We need to get on board and we need to do it better. And we need to do it before these people reach surgical candidacy if we, if we at all possibly can. So that's the uh, Chiropractic United uh, research article of the of the week. Uh, final comments on that. I think it it sums it up, and you know that that pelvic morphology. If you guys haven't you know been to some of our seminars where we cover that, it's quite an eye opener, and it explains a lot of the cases that you you stumble upon in in practice that seem that not to change as much. So it's it's definitely worth a chance getting out to learn a little bit more about some of these newer concepts if you haven't been out to one of our seminars in quite some time. Yeah, I think you kind of was very soft about that, Joe, because you say people are having trouble with when in reality people are beating on spines that you just can't fix because of that deviation. So, you know, it's like know when to adjust them, know when to leave them alone. I think that was something that Clarence Gonstead said, right? Set them, leave them alone, and, uh, you know, kind of know what you're doing and don't beat on a spine that that's all you can do with it and accept people the way they are. Yeah, that's yeah. What, one of the goals with posture is that uh, we already have that in, you know, they're based on the, the available science for the pelvic morphology to get the doctor's attention. Hey, look, this this uh, lumbar curve isn't going to change as much as you originally think it is. At least we give you those measurements because they're kind of a pain to do by hand. Yeah, that that's true. Posture is a must. And, and Dr. Ed, for the Warrior Group, this was a particular conference that I was hoping to do for you uh, next year in, in your uh, group of doctors because okay. we've done the, the basic seminar series with the Warrior Group, and, and they're just about all through it and just about CBP certified from the basic training. Yeah, and uh, Yuri and I were talking about how uh, we're going to have to hook up and just uh, you know start planning that. 
Um, just uh, step by step along the same lines, just with the lumbar and pelvis, uh, I got this guy, um, been under care for probably about five years now, and uh, he, he, he had done like intensive care, you know, three, probably about 91 adjustments, 100 adjustments his first year, and, and just really severe in the lower back, and, and anyways, so how I, uh, I, I always say to people, just, you know, just change one thing, just step it out, step by step, you know, and uh, so he had fallen away from care, came back, he was even worse, and I said, you know, Dave, the only thing we can shoot is uh, we're going to shoot, we're going to do twice a week for 13 weeks, we're going to get as much lumbar traction done as possible, and I'd never used the lumbar general, it was the first, first time. Um, since, uh, well, last seminar, I just, uh, said, okay, you're going to get a, going to start doing this lumbar dental with this guy and, uh, post x-ray, like this guy is straight up and down, like in the lumbar spine phase five, three. And I got a 27 degree change wow. in, uh, in 13 weeks. Wow. Um, the guy, the guy said he didn't miss a day. Uh, he was traction for 20 to 30 minutes a day. And then we upped his adjustments, and we got that change. Even after, you know, phase three, even after years and years and years of uh, getting adjusted, and just, you know, things change. The body's amazing, man. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awesome, and that's the beauty of, you know, when you, when you actually find this, the, the, the biomechanical disconnect with that person's spine, and you do the, the right thing biomechanically, Results can be more predictable. Not always. Nothing's 100% as we know, but it can be more predictable, and I'm glad you found value and that, that patient found value in the lumbar dental Yeah. Well, you know, we've uh, exceeded our time limit here, gentlemen, and so I think we need to wrap up the uh, Chiropractic United podcast for September 12th and, and uh, or 13th. Sorry, and we need to uh, again thank our special guest, Dr. Ed from the Warrior Coaching Group, and uh, thank Dr. Fred and Dr. Joe Ferrantelli from uh, Elite Coaching and, and Posture Co. So, gentlemen, thank you very much. I really appreciate uh, having you on with everybody tonight. All right, guys. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks. Thanks.